learn and, and listen to what others are doing, but don't just blindly copy and try to replicate their playbooks, but rather think critically about why they made those decisions and what would make sense for our business and um, in a way, come up with your, your own playbook. B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Content Strategist podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder and CEO of specialist content repurposing agency, Content 10X. And in this episode, I speak to Edward Ford, the Demand Gen Director at Supermetrics. Edward is a huge voice in the B2B SaaS marketing community and writes and speaks prolifically about marketing for growth. And in fact, you may have heard this information before as we were connected with Edward thanks to Andy Lambert. So thanks to our interview with Andy in episode one of B2B Content Strategist. The SaaS marketing community really is such a connected and helpful one, as you'll hear Edward and I discuss shortly. You'll also hear about the growth marketing that's helped Supermetrics grow from a team of 30 to an impressive 250 people in just three years. Edward shares how Supermetrics marketing has evolved during the company's lifetime and what decisions led them to create their specific playbook. But he also shares why other organisations shouldn't necessarily follow in their footsteps. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's jump in. Edward, welcome to the B2B Content Strategist podcast. Amy, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here. Um, let's, let's kick things off. So please could you tell us a little bit about your role and also just a few sentences about what Supermetrics does as well? Yeah, so just briefly, Supermetrics basically helps marketing and data teams work better with marketing data. So we bring all siloed marketing data from all the different platforms that marketing teams and performance marketers might use. For example, data from Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, Google Analytics, HubSpot, Salesforce, and about 80 other platforms. And you can centralize that in reporting and analytics tools like uh, spreadsheets, like Google Sheets, Excel, visualization tools like Data Studio, or then build a marketing data warehouse in uh, products like Google BigQuery, Snowflake, and so forth. So really just help marketers gather all that siloed marketing data and help figure out what is happening with their marketing and enable them to work better with, with data. And that's really what Supermetrics does. And my role as a demand gen director is basically heading up our global demand gen. So our team is responsible for looking at our main customer segments. So we take a a customer centric approach to demand gen and basically go out into the market and generate demand within those major customer segments. So for example, marketing agencies are um, uh, a big customer segment for us. So we'd go out and, and show the value Supermetrics gives to marketing agencies and then other segments within the market and we work full funnel we look at what 
Our numbers are, are looking like we track those on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. We work cross-channel with a lot of different other teams as well um, to, to really drive the future of the business uh, and make sure we have good opportunities coming into the pipeline. So that's kind of the short uh, and suite of what Supermetrics does and what our team does as part of that. Awesome. How long has Supermetrics been around? Quite a while, actually. So uh, the, the story is quite interesting. Our CEO and founder was working as a marketing analyst in, uh, in, in one of his previous jobs, and he would need to bring all this marketing data from different platforms into an Excel spreadsheet. And so he'd have to log into Google Analytics, he'd have to go into Facebook um, and all these other platforms. And so he built something that would automate the transfer of that data into the reporting and analytics tools that he uses. And then he shared that and he found like a lot of other marketers and analysts had the same problem. And so he built essentially the, the first version of Supermetrics. And this was, I think it was around 2009, 2010. And uh, eventually he, he set it up as a side business and then realized had potential so he decided he'd go all in and then uh, i think the first employee joined in 2015 2016 i then joined a few years later 2019 so around employee number 30 marketer number four and now we're uh 250 plus people and uh going strong so it's been uh, it's been a fun fun journey to be part of so far but that's the the kind of short history of supermetrics yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's such a great story to hear and obviously going from strength to strength as well. Um, what does your team look like? So um, you mentioned marketer number four, didn't you? And, and, and now you are leading up the demand gen. So what does your team look like? Yeah, so we're now collectively about 25 in the whole marketing department and the demand gen team is a five person team. And because we are not very channel specific there's a lot of people with kind of broader skill sets maybe leaning more to the generalist side so we have um basically a, a team of marketers and we're in the process of basically building teams around those major customer segments so we'll have a team responsible for customer segment number one customer segment number two customer segment number three and basically work on integrated demand campaigns across the funnel to, to generate demand for supermetrics. And so we work a lot with our performance marketing team who also work full funnel. They work with our brand team, they work with our product marketing team, our customer experience team, and they work heavily with us. We, we are sort of tied at the hip with our performance marketing team, essentially running uh, paid, paid ads all across the funnel from top of funnel awareness and engagement on paid social to more middle to bottom of funnel paid search, more on the demand capture side, uh, we're working on content. Uh, that's a big part of our demand gen playbook. And we also partner with a lot of other companies. That's a big part of our demand strategy. So at Supermetrics, as I said, we, we integrate with a lot of different platforms that you can pull marketing data from. And then you can kind of bring those into uh, reporting and analytics platforms like Microsoft Excel, Google Sheets, and, and so forth. So we partner up with companies on both the data source and the data destination side. So later this evening, actually, we're, we're running a, a live event with Spotify on digital audio advertising, because you can pull in Spotify ads data into, into your reports with Supermetrics. We teamed up with Groupon recently, which is actually a customer of ours on full funnel performance marketing. So a great brand to, to team up with. So that's the, the kind of 
things that we do in the demand team uh, and the kind of roles we have uh, and the kind of things we're working on. That's super interesting. And um, when it comes to content in particular, so for Supermetrics, what is the overarching content strategy? I know you mentioned about the live and what else do you do content-wise in particular and, and the, you know, the focus of that? Yeah, so it's evolved over time. And <clears throat> I think it's, it's also partly based on um, the stage of the company. So when I joined, as I said, we were quite a small company. We were a small marketing team. We didn't have that many resources. So the content strategy and the decisions we made back then were kind of based on that situation. Then over time, it's evolved into many different things. But, but originally, it was built mainly on uh, a sort of demand capture approach. So there's a, there's a lot of demand for supermetrics. Uh, and we noticed that we could see through a lot of keyword research. And there's a lot of high intent search terms that people are, are putting into Google that supermetrics can essentially solve. And uh, an example could be if someone is searching for moving Google Analytics data into a spreadsheet. So that's really what we enable. So a lot of our content was built around how-to content at the mid to the bottom of the funnel, trying to acquire this high intent traffic. And we can show very clearly how you can do these, um, do these tasks. So it was quite solution oriented and it was a very natural way to bring in the product as well. So in order to do this, you can just start a trial of Supermetrics and essentially automate this process. And there were a lot of other examples in terms of <clears throat> like how to build an Instagram insights dashboard or how to build a Facebook ads report. So a lot of this mid to bottom of funnel um, search search terms aligned really well with, with our product. And we saw this huge opportunity. And when we we're going through um, doing our keyword research, we could just, there, were, there was so much we could write about that it was more about, okay, what do we prioritize and where do we see the opportunity and what makes sense in terms of our product roadmap and what are some of the content pillars we're, we're focusing on right now? So that was really the, the heart of our content strategy. It was really about search optimized content to rank for low volume, but high intent search. And really the goal of our content was to obviously help people and uh, educate and show a solution to a problem, but then also bring people onto a free trial of Supermetrics so they can try out the product so that we can then uh, kind of fill up, fill up our top of funnel. And with Supermetrics, you have a 14 day free trial. And we know that there's a correlation between people who start a trial and then the amount of deals uh, that we're able to, to process on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. So it was really a, a sort of demand driver for, for our funnel. And over time, we've been able to, to create a little more content um, around that strategy. But then we've also felt the need, or we've always known there's the need to go up funnel as well, in that there's only a limited amount of demand to capture but we also need to be creating demand. And so thinking more top of funnel, thinking more around our strategic narrative, thinking more around how can we really position ourselves as a thought leader in the marketing data and marketing analytics space, which is when things like our podcast came along. So we launched the marketing analytics show about one and a half years ago and uh, have had some great guests from some great companies sharing uh, a lot of good advice on a variety of topics related to, to working 
better working with data and, and thinking about how we can be a little more analytical in our approaches to marketing and what's happening in, in our space at the moment. And then we're also going to be, be seeing a lot, lot more of that content in our blog, which has traditionally remained a little more mid to bottom of funnel search oriented. And um, I think bringing more of our content to, to social channels uh, and having, uh, because is one thing that's changed as well over time particularly when i started my marketing career that so social was a sort of distribution channel for your content whereas now it's really about okay you might have created a content for your blog or you might have done a podcast episode but you then need to bring that natively into social platforms so i think that's that's something we're going to be investing more in in the future and then uh, another thing that we've focused more on recently is our guest post program so we have a lot of people reach out with great ideas uh for guest posts on the Supermetrics blog, some not so good ideas, and <laughs> some that don't really fit with our scope. Um, so we, we've had a lot of great guest writers sharing some of their really cool use cases um, of the product. And uh, that's something we'll continue to do. So that's a sort of overview of, of how we've thought about content and how it's evolved over time as well. So yeah, there's a, there's an awful lot going on there, isn't there? There's lots that you you guys are doing. What have you decided to keep in house, and what aspects of that marketing and content did you find easier to outsource to an agency or or supplier, whatever, what have you? Yeah, so most of the things we've produced we've kept in house uh, initially, particularly while we figured out how how things work. For example, when we started the podcast. We, we've, well, I, I've been doing podcasting before, so I had some experience, but then we also wanted to make sure that we could kind of build up our processes and um, figure out how things work and then see then if we can then find partners to help us scale, particularly on the production side. So that's a discussion we're having right now, but mainly uh, in terms of traditional blog content, we've uh, worked with freelance partners who are specialists in certain areas because we, we have a pretty high threshold when it comes to, to quality and we want to find people who know the product in the space. And we've teamed up with people like Kaylee Moore, for example, who is a, an expert within marketing and e-commerce in particular. And she's written some great articles on e-commerce analytics for us. And so those are the kinds of, of partners that, that we've worked with in terms of bringing scale to our content. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, so... So it's been, yeah, a, a mix of partners and, and freelancers, but then also a lot has been done in-house as well. And we have a, a pretty small but powerful marketing team that got a lot done and we were, we were quite efficient. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's been helpful as well. Yeah. And on that efficiency, is there anything in particular you've done to, you know, try and optimize and streamline the day-to-day the -day and, and bring in the efficiency with everything that you guys are managing? Yeah, I think particularly with our original strategy of, of trying to create content that aligns with high intent search terms, we've built relatively good processes in terms of identifying those opportunities. And I think the harder part, as I said earlier, was then deciding which one we should prioritize first. And maybe that's where we, we would have discussions and figure out, okay, this is what we're going to be producing this month. Uh, this is on our content calendar. And we'd have a, a backlog in Trello which is what we were originally using um, of all the content we could create. And so we were never short of ideas and it was more about figuring out, okay, who can work on what this month and who's doing what. And um, we, we had a pretty small but, but powerful content team and we could 
uh, produce stuff relatively quickly ourselves. I think we just had great people on the team and, and we're lucky to work with great, great marketers and great content marketers. And then also with, with partners who we worked with on a regular basis, they were more familiar with our processes and were able to, to produce content quite quickly as well. So that enabled us to be relatively efficient and, and create quite a lot of content um, for a, a relatively small team. Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. You mentioned Trello. We we used to use Trello for the first three and a half years. We're nearly five years old. It was all about Trello, but we migrated to ClickUp. What did you move to? ClickUp or? <laughs> no, we went to Monday.com. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. So we we used Trello a lot in the early days, and and then now when we're just a bigger team and we have many teams within the marketing department, and we all need to be on the same page, we found Monday was a. Uh, a great uh, solution for that. And uh, and then the other thing is that this is going to be an upcoming destination for Supermetrics. So marketers will be able to bring in marketing data into Monday. So it was a good way to, to test that as well. So um, yeah, we've been happy with that. Yeah, no, I've heard great things. When we were playing around with, you know, Asana, Monday, ClickUp, ClickUp was the one we went for, but I've heard great things about all, all of them. They're all very similar, aren't they? So. <laughs> um, so let's talk about one of your best content marketing initiatives. So what do you consider to be, you know, I know best is quite a strong word, but a really, you know, memorable content marketing initiative that you're super, super proud of? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple. I think a lot of the content we've created, I'm really proud of because it's what I would call silent content. It's something that isn't going to be shared on social. It's not going to be, um, you know, go viral in that sense because we're we're trying to rank for for these terms that specific people have uh, have found is a challenge, and we can see from the data how many people who have clicked on that article and read through it go on to then start a trial of supermetrics and there's been some posts in particular that have just been incredible in terms of the amount of results they've driven for the business so i think those those for sure um have been very proud of but i think one concrete one in particular <clears throat> was more along the lines of sharing our own uh story and experience and, and kind of documenting our journey because uh, i remember my first year at supermetrics when i joined we were closing in on 10 million uh, arr and then in 12 months, so in one year, we doubled from 10 to 20 uh, our annual recurring revenue. And we shared an article on some of the learnings from that period of how we grew from 10 to 20 million annual recurring revenue in 12 months. And that really took off and it generated a lot of buzz. And I think a lot of people who kind of had us on the radar really realized that we were, we were growing quite quickly. And uh, I think we were bigger than a lot of people thought. And from a 
recruitment and employer branding perspective, it, it um, was was a huge help as well. And, and a lot of people became more aware of supermetrics and, and interested in supermetrics as a, as a workplace. So that was, I think, one concrete example where um, things things worked really well. And we, we then had an idea that documenting our own journey and, and things we've done would work well. And that kind of proved that. So we then did some other articles on some other things we've done on like how we actually use supermetrics ourselves um, and, and so forth. So that I think is one that really, really sticks in the mind. Do you think it's because it's the, um, the storytelling aspect that people really liked um, with that content, the, 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 you know, the journey and the story of it all? Yeah, for sure. And I, I've worked in B2B SaaS for, for quite some time. I was working in, in, in B2B SaaS before I joined Supermetrics at an agency where we worked with B2B SaaS companies on, on their growth marketing. And I always felt that the best way to market to other B2B SaaS marketers is just showing what you as a B2B SaaS uh, company have done with, with your marketing. And um, obviously with Supermetrics being in the MarTech space, we we market to marketers. So it, it, it worked works really well. And I, I think it's just sharing your, your experience and knowledge. And one thing I've noticed from being in the SaaS, B2B SaaS community in particular is that everyone is super open, pretty transparent, really keen to share things they've learned with other marketers. And that's essentially what we did. And, and I think that's probably why it um, took off and, and was shared so much. And we got a lot of people reading that, that yeah. article. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I agree. As we've started to work more in the B2B South space as well, it's a very open community, isn't it? And, um, you know, it's it's really great to see everybody is really just sharing, aren't they, and trying to help each other. So, no, it's good. Let's talk about the opposite side. So are there any particular campaigns that, you know, just didn't quite go how you expected? So are any cautionary tales or funny stories of, of campaigns that perhaps were <laughs> didn't quite hit the mark? Nothing really that, that kind of missed the mark. I think particularly with content, we've been, we, we have a pretty systematic playbook. And, and so in that sense, there's, there's not been too much deviation from that. I think one thing I would say, though, in terms of things to be wary of or kind of advice for, for others is, is to not just follow and, and copy what others are doing. I think it can be very easy, particularly when you're, you know, reading about what other companies have done and looking at, at their playbooks and, and so forth. And I think, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of reading and learning and listening to a lot of podcasts, but it's more about the process. The thing I'm interested in is more about the process of how companies went about landing at the decision or the strategy they made, because a lot of people ask me, you know, what's working for you right now? What's your, your content marketing playbook or what does your demand gen playbook look like? And I think particularly from a content perspective, a lot of the things we did might not work for other businesses, particularly the decision to focus so much on mid to bottom of funnel um, content around organic search, because we just saw there was an opportunity there. If we didn't see that opportunity, we would have probably come up with a different playbook, a different strategy. And not just that, but I think it was also based on the stage we were at as a business, the resources we had in the team and the, the kind of amount we could do because content was just part of our marketing mix. There was a lot of other things we needed to do. We needed to launch new products. We needed to partner up with um, partners. We 
needed to be active on social. We needed to um, kind of think about our, our brand and, and positioning and all these other things that, that go with, with marketing. So I think really learn and, and listen to what others are doing, but don't just blindly copy and try to replicate their playbooks, but rather think critically about why they made those decisions and what would make sense for our business. And um, in a way, come up with your your own playbook based on a lot of the advice and, and learnings you get from others, but don't just copy what others do because it might not work. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's a lot of context required, isn't there? And and it can very much depend on what's going on and in, in the industry and the business and the solution and the audience and everything. There's a lot of factors. <laughs> um, let's move to the the quick fire questions. So. What's one takeaway tip that you would give to other content marketers who are looking to optimize their content output? Just ship it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, just, just get the work done, just publish something, get feedback and learn quickly and, and don't wait for it to be perfect. Just, just ship it. That was a big mantra in, in, our, in the Supermetrics marketing team, particularly within our content team and in my previous company. And it was, uh, it was super valuable advice. Is that based around trying to fight perfectionism? Done is better than perfect, I guess, but but somewhat around that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> what is one typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you would recommend content marketers like yourself uh, should look into? One that's been useful for us is Slack and social listening in Slack. So when people are mentioning certain terms or around our brand, we get a lot of good ideas for mid to bottom of funnel content. We get some really good uh, use cases. We get uh, find some potential guest writers based on what they're sharing. So again, this, this works for us because there's a lot of discussion around um, our brand and, and the product. And so if there's the same thing happening for you, that can be a, a great way to source content ideas and writers. How do you, so social listening with uh, Slack, um, so is is that where you're embedding into different Slack communities and hearing what the conversations are going on within them? Yeah, so basically if uh, we, we have a, a Slack channel where if people are, are mentioning the brand or there's also products like uh, Meltwater, which we use, which will then automatically um, notify you and you can kind of just keep track of, of what the conversation is. So it's a really, really good way to get content ideas as well. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a really good tip. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you could create any kind of content, so we're talking sky's the limit, billboard in Times Square, primetime TV show, you know, no real budget cap, um, but just some awesome content. What would be the dream content campaign? Yeah, if, if the sky's the limit, I don't know if, if it would be the best from... A business perspective but I've always thought this would be very cool would be to have a documentary following a group of marketers from around the world whether it's five or six marketers behind the scenes in their daily life their challenges difference in cultures how they work with data and just get a bit of an insight into what it's like to be a marketer um, I think that would be super cool could be a sort of Netflix style miniseries, six to 10 episodes, really well produced, um, shared on, I think on YouTube would be a, a good distribution channel. I think it would be really, really cool to, uh, to, to have that kind of content where you see a lot of documentaries about athletes or people from, from other industries, but a, a bit of a behind the scenes into what it's like to be a, 
a marketer could be could be pretty cool that'd be really good wouldn't it i would definitely um, tune into that, that yeah it would just be the marketers uh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's enough, there's enough uh, marketers, isn't there, that would really geek out on that. So I think that sounds fab. I, I'll, I'll be all in on that if that goes ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, this actually, the final question leads really nicely on from that, um, which is so on B2B content strategists, we're speaking to tree leaders like yourself in the B2B tech world. Who do you think um, we should be inviting onto the show? Yeah, you should invite Sonia Jacob. Sonia Jacob. Okay. She is a great marketing leader, a great content marketer, someone I've interviewed for the podcast I ran in the past and is just a a wealth of knowledge. So highly recommend Sonia Jacob. Awesome. Thank you. And do you think Sonia should be uh, followed in the documentary if it goes ahead as well as one of the, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) She can be one of the six. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for, um, you know, just coming on, sharing lots of useful insight into what you guys are doing at, at Supermetrics. It's all really exciting and, and the growth that you've had and, and the way that you approach demand gen. It's fascinating to hear. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been an awesome conversation. Oh, my pleasure, Amy. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought of our conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.